you should go. Take more walks. Take walks and drink water. You, you will be fine. You do not need drugs. Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. How is everything? Everything going? is great, Dan. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Big week. Huge week. Woo. How are you feeling? How's everything? I feel, oh, man, I feel great. Yeah, good. <laughs> I feel um, just full of life essence. Yeah, you sound, you sound good mm-hmm. to me. Really good. Mm-hmm. Mm, you should see what I see. <laughs> what is it? A song? Just everything delirium. Mm. 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 How's it going? Good. 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 So are you are, but you're good. You're okay. You're ready to uh okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did mm. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's good down here. Mhm. It's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday. You are you, uh, you doing good? Yes. <sighs> it sounds like you might you might have something. You might be getting <sighs> getting something. Pretty good. Uh how are you? <laughs> Good. Um, I've been reading some Alan Watts Wikipedia pages. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Oh, boy. Ah, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, really? Oh, man. I'm a, mm, very near the top of my game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sure you, want, you sure you want to do this? Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Um, I have some coffee. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. All right. I'm not going to be able to cover this up. I don't want to talk a lot about it because it's boring. Yeah. I'm probably the sickest I've been in 15 years. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I think I, I got a flavor of what you had. Over the over the Skype? Dan, I, no, no, no. I'm not magical. Um, <laughs> I... Um, that sucks. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've been, I've, been, I've been feeling good about life. I've been, you know, doing stuff. I, I, had, a, I had a great week last week. I got yeah. back from the cruise and I wasn't sick. I felt really good. And I... Um, we did a pretty good back to work on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I recorded a great episode of Inquisitive with, with Mike Hurley. I recorded a great episode of the talk show with John Gruber. I had a great performance of Three Ring Binder. Um, you know, I only talk about good news if, if I'm feeling bad. Yeah. Um, that was all great. It was a great day. And Three Ring Binder, we, we killed it. It was great. And then I came home and uh, it wasn't good. And uh, I, uh, I went to sleep. And then I, I kind of woke up a little bit on Thursday, but then I slept all day Thursday and I had a 103 fever. Oh my God. Which is high for me. Yes. That's, that's high for anyone. Pretty good. Um, and, uh, I've been very, uh, intensely flu-like since then. I've been passing out a lot. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I was sitting, I was sitting in a chair and I passed out. You know, you don't get that every day. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. at our, not at our age. And so basically without, without getting into an unnecessary amount of detail, uh, pretty much, I think every system on my body has uh, chosen to shut down at the same time. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it's the flu. Because otherwise, there's, there's, there's some bad stuff coming down the line for daddy. I'm sure that that's what it is. And it's, mm-hmm. it's going around. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, having just had the same, pretty much the same thing, I know how <laughs> awful it is. I don't believe that you're here. I can't believe that you're here. Oh, doing come this. on. It's, it's, no. a, it's a podcast. It's, you know. But I'll tell you what, when I was in the midst of that, I didn't feel like I could, I didn't feel like I could talk in a reasonable, sane yeah. way. I'm not, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you. Pretty good. Um, hmm. anyway, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good week. I'll probably be uh, muting a lot, but, uh, the, uh, well, I don't even want to say it. One of the few things that I am, um, superstitious about is I don't like to mention things like 
you know, people say things like, I haven't been really sick in a long time. And then yes. you get really sick. But so far my family's been spared and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been sort of quarantining yourself or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have. I've been trying, it's driving me nuts. I can't like cuddle with my kid. I feel like a monster. Like, don't touch daddy. He's a carrier. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, and I have to explain it to her. I'm like, I'm like, I, I am, I'm a hideous monster right now. Yeah. Like, don't touch any part of my body. I've got like six things wrong with me. But, um, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, and it's just one of those things. If it's anything like what I've had in the past, it's, you know, it's a two week affair. And, yes. It really does take two weeks to get back to feeling most of the way normal. I coughed the other day and um, the entire upper part of my body seized up. I don't like every, I pulled every muscle in my no, upper body. That happened to me. The same thing happened to me really bad. I was coughing. I was laying in bed for a couple of days and just coughing the whole time. And I guess because of the way that you are, if you're sort of kind of slightly sitting up in bed or something, it, it does something else. And that was actually the trigger, you know, a year or so ago for that really bad back episode that led to me doing all of the stretches and the physical therapy. And that was the thing. So be, be careful. Please. I'm going to be so careful. God. Oh, sweet Maui onion. I, um, yeah. So let's do a show today. We can talk about productivity barriers creativity <laughs> dan benjamin You're reading the description of the show i'm doing I, it from memory yeah you, something you said reminded me when you're talking about the, the whole quarantining thing yeah um there was uh i had a a stomach ill illness of some kind which people would call the stomach flu but it has nothing to do with the flu flu short for influenza it was you had you had, you had the trots i had yeah something like that and it was i threw up seven times in one evening and that's and good it, luck. And, you know, it's, it's 13 if you're Jewish, but you get free, if, you, if you throw up seven times, you get a free mirror for a year. <laughs> good. And I had told my wife, I said, don't, don't come in this room. <laughs> no matter. Don't no matter let what. the kids come in this room. You're like young Frankenstein. Like no matter what you hear <laughs> coming out of this room, that's right. don't open this door. And uh, I'm going to be begging you, but do not open few, the door. So a day or two, two goes by, I was still really sick. I think I ate one piece of toast over two days. And, uh, and I come in the room and my, both my kids are rolling around in the bed. I'm like, what are you doing in here? Get out of there. Mommy said I could be in here. I said, get out. You don't understand. Get out. 24 hours later, they're both sick home from school throwing up. Oh God. So yeah, it's bad. This is a bad, bad thing. And you don't really know what you have until like a day or two into it. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, you know, I've made a lot of rookie errors, Dan. I'm not going to lie to you. I, um, <laughs> I, 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 I've handled, I've handled illnesses better before. I, um, are you taking anything or, well, I mean, what do you, you t- take umbrage, I guess. I don't know. What, what can you get? <laughs> I mean, I, Advil I, to reduce the fever, maybe. Oh man. I, I ate those like candy already. Okay. okay. <laughs> my, my liver's visible. <laughs> you, you can see the brand name right on it. Um, I, Yes, I do a lot of that, and I take. Um, but I really screwed up. I went and got the the wall flu. You know the the the, the super pack. You get the daytime and the nighttime. I'm not crazy about that stuff. Oh, but, oh the Walmart, but, you know, Theraflu, um, yeah, Walgreens version rather. Yeah, yeah, wall flu, and it, it'll get you. Uh, it'll get you through the day. But I really ate the booger. I bought uh, berry flavored. Oh, ugh, not good. Well, I don't know. I have a strong emotional attachment. To that lemon flavor. That's done me, done me well since college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is, what is this literal abortion? This is, you can't, when you, when you add fake sugar flavor to, to fake berry flavor, yeah. like who's that good for? Yeah. 
And I, you know, I drank it like a gentleman, but it, you know, it wasn't comforting. No. I got some bourbon, which I should really crack into. Yeah. That'll help. Um, uh, but you're drinking coffee? Well, yeah. I mean, otherwise I'm going to probably pass out. Of yeah. all, you know, there's a lot of ways I could be worse at podcasts. I guess depending on who you ask. Yeah. But I think if I passed out, that would probably not be a good co-hosting. Well, I don't uh, want, I mean, are you, Okay. I mean, no. if you're sure you want to do, I just, I'm worried. I want you to be in bed. Yeah, and I've literally never been more sure of anything in my life. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, see, I take the other route. I don't, I try not to take anything when I'm sick. Yeah. I don't I, take I, any I fever that's... reducer. I don't take any no-dose. And I was, I was talking with Andy on the, um, on his show earlier in the week about, you know, being sick, not being sick. And we were commenting on like how like David Letterman, for example, or whoever, you know, somebody who's doing like a regular like TV show. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're sick, like you show up, you know, uh, you'd have to be hospitalized to not, to not come in and do something. You don't have the luxury of doing it an hour later or skipping and doing another day or anything like that. That's right. Mm-hmm. But they're taking, they're taking something I think that we get, don't have access to. They get, they get special pills. Yeah. They also have five cold sores. What? Five cold sores. You call stress bumps. Right yeah. now you have that? Oh yeah. Um, I'm in bad shape. I'm, 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 I'm literally a hideous monster. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it's not good. I uh, that's what happens when my body gets run down. I don't usually get the five X, <laughs> so that's made me a palatable uh, media figure. Yeah, You're uh, not be doing any TV appearances this week. I um, whenever I <laughs> talked, I, I know I, I know this from you doing the talk show with Gruber. I know you're a Carson fan. He's a Carson yes, fan. Yes, huge Carson fan. My so whole life. Uh, last night I rewatched again that American Masters on uh, Carson. Oh, so just good. so good. It's boy, it's really a good telling, but you know, you, you can just see as his career goes further and further along and he's like less into it and he's got more of this personal drag with, yeah. you know, relationships and eh, he just, he's the, seems like he's never been a particularly happy guy, especially at home. But you know, more and more, all he wanted to do was like, just sit around in Malibu and read books and or be, on, be on a boat. And, but there's, <laughs> he got to be such a smart ass. There's this scene of him pulling up in his uh, Corvette or whatever and gets out of the car. It's in, I think the late eighties and he goes another day, I knew t- another $2 million <laughs> <laughs> because they said at one point he was responsible. The tonight show was responsible for something ridiculous, something like a third of the actual of NBC, profit, right? Yes. Yeah. Of the actual money that they brought in, right. Brought home. Yeah. And you know, that's the crazy thing when you think about it. Just, just in the sense of like, he, you know, he can't have a sick day, right? I no. mean, I guess he could, he could have subs, but like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff on the line, you know, in a job like that. Gosh, I mean, the pressure of doing that and knowing that, you know, what you're doing is so important, not just like for your, because that point in his career, he could have just retired. He could have retired any time he wanted. He had plenty of money, even though his wives kept getting 50% of it each time. Oh, man. Uh, you know, but like he had plenty of money. He had everything he needed. He'd, he'd done such a great volume and body of work at that point that mm-hmm. whenever it was that he chose to finally retire, he could have. But, you know, you had to, if you were NBC, you had to be worried <laughs> that he was going to. Or yeah. that he, you know, and all the, the crazy stuff that's been going on with late night TV right now, it, literally the landscape of late night television today. Okay, compared to a year ago or five years, this will say five years ago, mm-hmm. it's so different. And this is something that if you came up watching late night like we did, you kind of got into there was this groove, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, you're going to watch Letterman, then you're going to have Carson, then, you, you know, and it's like this was like a certain thing that happened. And once in a great while, 
at the end of their career, a host would retire and a new host would step in. And, you know, you'd have that little bit of a change that no one would like for a year or so. And then, but now, and it really all kind of, kind of kicked off with, uh, I feel like with, um, with, uh, Conan. In the modern age, that was, I think, the that was the modern of the cra- age, one, right? Of the, of the, yeah, the modern craziness of like, yeah. wow, what is going on? And, and and now it's just continuing with people, uh, you know, and and the whole Brian Williams thing. I mean, it's just it's crazy what is going on right now in something that when you think about, and we've talked about this a lot, is that when you listen to a podcast, you get to know the people on the show, you get to know the personalities. It's the same thing with radio. I love radio shows because mm-hmm. these people although we've we as listeners have never met them and they have no idea who we are that we're even listening they are you know we feel like in a way like they're our friends like you tune in i i, I love sports i listen to dan patrick's show all the time i listen to the, the 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 eisen show uh and you know back in the day i used to listen to howard stern all the time but like the people on there become like they're like the cast of characters that you listen to all the time and uh it's it's just one of them leaves or something changes. You're like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. Late night TV and just even news TV, it seems like one of these things that it's just, it's set up and it's locked down and it doesn't change. You know, it just cruises like that. And now everything is changing at night. You don't even know what to watch anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, watching that show, it was interesting to see, um, <clears throat> like around the time when Arsenio started, and I wish I, I think of it as being like post Joan Rivers, yep. like maybe like 88, 89, Sounds something right. like that. Sounds right. And he was, he was, he seemed impossibly popular all <laughs> of a sudden. And he really did. He was very, you know, certainly next to Johnny Carson. He seemed, seemed pretty hip, but yeah. I mean, granted that's, that's several years now. But if you think about all the pieces that used to fit together at a, at a time when we had fewer options or even when we had cable as our primary route. I, but, you know, you think about what made something like The Tonight Show possible. So, so many things or the, the ascendancy of The uh, Tonight Show, so many things had to be working well. Well, first of all, you had to have, it helped to have a nighttime, primetime lineup that people liked and they wouldn't turn the dial. And then it really helped to go into news at, depending on where you are, 10 or, right, ele- right. or 11. But I mean, you know, again, it's one of those brand loyalty things. When I was a kid, you, we, everybody always watched the same, uh, when I was a kid, every family had their station that they watched, usually for local and national news. And you'd watch, like, for example, you know, I, I want to say at like 6 o'clock, you'd watch the ABC local news, 6.30 He's watched the world news tonight or whatever and so forth. And then at 11, I'm, I'm kind of going somewhere with this. At 11, you watch your local late news, you know, find out who got, who got knifed and what, what the, what the sports was happening and, and with weather and whatnot. And then you go into, you know, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny shows originally, I, I remember it being mostly 60 minutes when I was a kid, 90 minutes, most of my young childhood. But at one point it was an hour and 45 minutes long. Wow. They were doing five nights a week of yep. an hour and 45 minutes. Yep. And then, of course, later on, that leads to Letterman. But you think about that, the conditions, the bizarre conditions that led to that kind of programming where people were more likely than not to tune into certain shows on certain stations out of a certain kind of loyalty and preference. And that does not exist anymore, I don't think. No, not at all. 
Not at all. Everything's time shifted. Everything's DVR'd. Everything's moved around. And it's simply, you know, we have these different streams of content and we just need to find where to go to collect that stream. You know, it's it. what we need is really essentially what the most basic podcast app that we have does that for us when it comes to podcasts. I don't you know who cares if back to work is on this network or that one or this feed or that. feed. I don't care. Just give me the episode when it comes right. out, you know? We don't yeah. have that for, for TV, except we have to sort of manually set up our terrible, terrible DVRs to do that, or we have to deal with, you know, downloading shows or streaming shows or switching inputs. It it It's a travesty that I can't switch from watching something on Netflix to HBO Go to, uh, you know, to just a regular uh cable tv channel without getting a second remote and hitting buttons and flipping tv inputs and grabbing a second you know it's just oh yeah like that that needs to just all end somehow and uh i don't eh, i don't think apple's the one that's going to solve that for us anymore no i think it's gonna be a long time uh, of that shaking out and also i mean cable tv is like the new fax machine it's it's something that you know you go to your relative's house and you know it seems like everybody's at least all my relatives they've always got cable usually like pretty good cable because it's not as expensive as it used to be but you know it's a typical thing where like it is a real pain in the butt to change inputs you know they don't know how to get just the hd channels so right. they got every channel twice <laughs> and like all that kind of stuff um whereas you know for me that used to be like an art form to go right. in and hone like my favorite stations and all that stuff but i guess what i'm saying is like the the kind of it yeah, sure. Johnny Carson was a one of a kind character, but for any anybody at any point in that uh, media value chain, it was like uh, it was a huge part of a gestalt. It was greater than the sum of its parts, and now it's hard to even know what the sum is because I, you know, I I don't even really think that much anymore about like like you say, like where is this a broadcast show? Is this a Netflix show? I I, I could never have imagined a future where. I start by going, hmm, there's this thing I want to watch. I'm pretty sure it's out, pretty sure out legally. Yeah. Where can I watch it? And I go to Can I Stream It? And I search on Can I Stream It for like if it's available somewhere. And, you know, if it's not available, I'll get it someplace else. But, you know, it, it, it is kind of funny that like sometimes I have this, I don't, I don't know, which, which one of my little boxes should I use to then go see, is this on Netflix? Is this on Amazon, et cetera? It's, it's weird you know johnny yeah it's uh i i just i remember that groove that you're talking about that where you'd kind of be like and like for me we were we were an nbc household that was you know what i mean like the nbc was our the nbc nightly news you know the today show we had these mm-hmm. the certain things was that, that it was, was that john chancellor when you were a kid mm, no, i think who no. was it? um by then it was probably tom brokaw tom brokaw i think mm-hmm. and uh and and so you know that's what would be on and it's like we used to have i was just i was talking to uh to my mom about this my i, I took my kids over to uh to grandma's house and we were walking around the neighborhood and we were talking about things like TV and, and things like that. Cause my son always has a million questions about the way things used to be. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, I said, well, we had, we had four channels and we also had UHF. And my mom's like, oh, yeah, UHF. I remember UHF. And, uh, and I said, could you imagine that? I was talking to my kids. Like there were four, maybe, maybe six total really usable channels. And, if you wanted to watch something and it wasn't on, okay, you just 
you didn't watch it. You know, Wizard right. of Oz came on. That's what we were saying last week. Wizard right? of Oz. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I think that's what must have gotten me kind of thinking about it. And I said, not only that, but if you wanted to watch something else, you would have to get up and walk over to the TV and turn the knob on the TV. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you mean knob on the TV? Like that doesn't even that even that doesn't have a reference point because TVs for him are these f- flat, smooth surfaces that are seamless, you know? And so for more and more kids, it's YouTube. YouTube yeah, is their right, TV. Full right. stop. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's changed so much. I don't think I have a problem with any of that at all. And I, it's weird, but there used to be like this concept of a brand, almost like a brand loyalty. Like I, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a preference for NBC. Like I had a, a preference and like if NBC came out with, well, I'll give that a try. You know, it's going to be on around the Seinfeld friends time on you must see TV Thursday. OK, you know, I'll yeah. I'll check that out. For it's, me, it was ABC when I was a kid, because that was I'm probably about 10 years older than you. But the um, you know, that was like Welcome Back Cotter. It yep. was Happy Days. Yep. Laverne and Shirley, Love Boat. I mean, all of the ABC was always sort of the wackadoodle lesser station. They even mentioned in that uh, special that, you know, Johnny had shows on all three networks. I guess I'd never really thought of that, that he started out at oh, CBS, right. briefly went to ABC, and, uh, then, and then before he went to The Tonight Show on NBC. But uh, yeah, for me, it was always ABC. And then when the Battle of the Network Stars came on, man, I was always pulling for ABC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should bring that back. With all this reality show nonsense, I can't believe, I guess I don't know what would it be, Battle of, like, what, what, what kinds of stars would you have nowadays? You'd have, like, you know... What Kevin Spacey there for the Netflix team and <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Tambor? Do you hear that the, uh, the, the his show got leaked? What? Yeah, it got leaked. A, well, the it house, was the House of Cards. House of Cards season three, I think, uh, got by Netflix. They released it early and then withdrew it again. So what? it was there was a, a period of time earlier this week uh, where I don't know how many hours it was available, but it was there. You could watch several episodes at least. Of, and of course, because it's on Netflix, it's not like you can download them. Uh, and, and, and so they just but they were available to stream for a little while and they're not supposed to come out until the 27th. Uh, but they were they really, out. Really screwed themselves up there. They you know, a week before they intentionally released all of the episodes. <laughs> right. They uh, unintentionally released all the. But episodes. it's funny, like that's arbitrary in a way. Coming out with it, like the the episodes are ready, but they're just waiting. They're literally just sitting on them waiting. Yeah, but they're they're smart. Netflix they is are smart. I mean, they are. I admire that. Um, I'm picking some of this up from listening to uh, the show Jason Snell does with um, Tim Goodman. That TV. I'm so delirious. It's the TV Bastard Machine TV TV show. Anyway, it's a show he does uh, with Tim Goodman, who's a really fun TV critic. But, you know, Netflix is really um, circumspect about stuff like releasing their numbers because they don't have anyone to impress. If, yeah. you're, if you're Netflix or HBO, your metrics are so different than the ham-fisted bullcrap that most people have been using for the last 60 or 80 years. You know, you want to know, are more people subscribing? You know, are we winning more awards? I, I mean, I'm guessing. I think that's much more important than how many people watched. That's just a scale issue. That's mm. just a, a bandwidth issue, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, so I, I really admire that, you know. I, I still don't completely understand the idea of dumping them all at once, but they must know what they're doing. Well, you know, it's it's the whole thing is is the show um, 
you know, worthy and interesting to to sit down and watch all at once. There's a lot of people that have that kind of time. They're, they're called people with no no children. Oh, and, right. Uh, and those, those people, you know, that's how I watched the first two seasons of Lost. I had seen the very first episode of Lost, and I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. And then for one reason or another, just didn't watch it and then try it again you know, somewhere in midway into season one. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't realize no one did ever, even if you'd watched all the episodes multiple times. But uh, I remember some friends of mine were like, no, 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 no. We can't be friends anymore unless you see Lost. Right. And, and they had gone on some uh, overseas vacation. I think it was Thailand or something. And they bought all the the first two seasons of Lost on some kind of, you know, it was like a DVD that had been made, you know, handmade and it had like a fake lost cover and they bought it on the street, you know, wow. for like for like four dollars, uh, they which is, you know, was a lot of money, I guess, to to the person selling it. And they brought this back and it had, although it was low quality, it looked like if you had recorded a satellite rebroadcast of Lost at very low DPI. <laughs> And uh, put this on some kind of video CD. That's what we had. But it didn't matter. Like, it was great. Mm -hmm. And we just watched the first two seasons of Lost. We probably watched them in about four or five days. Like, just non... Like, any minute we didn't have to be doing something else, Lost was on. And that was fun, you know? There's Mm -hmm. There's something fun to that. And people, I know, you know, with this show... Uh, in particular, back, you know, in the first episodes, especially where we, we helped people, um, you know, people will find the show and then they'll go back and they'll listen to it. And I do that with podcasts when I find a new one I like. You try and get those old episodes and listen to sort of all of them all at once until you're caught up. That's people like that. I know. I know. We did that with The Wire. We did that with uh, just a whole bunch of shows back when we used to just get seasons on Netflix back before we had a kid or when we were waiting for a kid to pop out. We did a lot of TV watching. I think that's actually a pretty great way to watch it. Do, do you ever watch Portlandia? I, that is one show I have. I've seen snippets of that. I've not watched it yet, but everybody tells me it's great. Oh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to find out the title and give you some assigned viewing. Maybe when you do a sponsor, but, uh, I'll just tell you there's one episode that involves binge watching Battlestar Galactica. That's one of my favorite things I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> would you like to tell me about something that you like while I look that up? I can certainly do that for you. I would like to tell you about Squarespace, squarespace.com. It's the easiest way to create a beautiful website or blog or online store. And, uh, gosh, these guys are cool. They did this really awesome thing. I know you know about it with uh, Jeff Bridges. Really trippy, cool, strange album that uh, that he worked on. If you saw the Super Bowl, you saw the, the some of the commercials for it. But, like, how cool is that? That they that they pick one of the coolest people in the world and work on a project with him. It's just, it's, it just shows you how cool they are as a company. And they're great to work with. And, uh, and they make a, a really amazing product. Uh, it's simple. It's powerful. It's a beautiful system. They've got 24-7 support so that when you want to go and you want to make your website, if you have a question, they've got live chat. They've got email 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it starts at only eight bucks a month, which doesn't seem possible to me, but that's that's how much it is. Uh, you go in there and you pick one of these beautiful templates that they have. They're always coming out with new ones. And uh, I should mention, and we've talked about this too, you can change the whole look and feel of your website by picking a different template. 
But you do this sort of in an offline mode so that your website is still there. It's running up and running normally. You can then go in and pick a different template and it goes into preview mode. Only you see it. You see all these changes. You want to tweak it, change it, everything. Oh, you didn't like it. Throw it out. None of the live stuff is affected until you're ready to make that switch over. Think about the challenge of redesigning your website without hurting the content. That is one of the toughest things to do. They make even stuff like that super simple. And you, you can sell stuff with their commerce stuff. It's built in a free online store. These great cover pages, which work like a landing page. You can create those and, and set them up with campaigns. Anyway, this is really, really everything. They've thought of everything. Uh, so you start a trial. You don't give them a credit card or any of that nonsense. And you get in there and you start building a website. Uh, and in like five minutes, you can have a site. We've got a special code. That will give you 10% off. The URL to go to is squarespace.com slash back to work spelled out. So just going, just go to that site. If you want Merlin to feel better, it's like that ep- episode of uh, Star Trek Next Generation with uh, Wesley and the Traveler where uh, everyone had to just feel good about the Traveler and it would give him power. It's, uh, it's just sort of like believing in Santa. If you go to this website, it will, it will make Merlin better. The cold sores will go away. Everything will, will go. So you go to this site right now, squarespace.com slash back to work. And then to, to get the, uh, the eight bucks a month deal or 10% off if you buy a bigger plan, it's your show. All one word. It's your show. That gets you the, uh, the discount. So thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting back to work. Squarespace.com slash back to work to, to heal Merlin. Pock, pock. Um, I, I, uh, Netflix in a web browser is confusing. Go to, Oh um, yeah, that is weird. Don't do that. Yeah. I did that. You know what? I did that. Speaking of binge watching, you know what? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> the, uh, see, that's all I've got left in mind. Today's it's the second day that I feel human again. So you'll get there. Mad Men. I binged watched Mad Men while I was sick. Uh, I think I had watched the first season, and then I watched seasons two and three the last time I had the flu while I was in bed, and we've talked about that hallucinating thing that he had, oh, yeah, pushing yeah. pushing the person under the bed. That was going on while I myself was sort of hallucinating, and I, for a long time after, I know this seems silly, but I had trouble figuring out which memories from being sick were mine and which were his. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, Alan Watts. I won't talk about that. I can't stop talking about it. I want you, please. Uh, I'm, I'm assigning you this. All right, I'm doing it. You gotta go to Netflix. Okay. You go. You go to Portlandia. Um, look for an episode. I should be able to find what season it is. Um, Portlandia. It's called One More Episode, and it's uh, from C. Looks like S two E two. Okay. Yeah. One more episode. Right. Now, is this, can you watch this? Do you have to go to Netflix or can you watch them on YouTube? Was this the show that did them on YouTube also, or is that a different oh, thing? Oh, well, there's this one here, but you know, uh, yeah, I see. Yeah they, yeah, they put up little short videos and there's rogue videos, but I would just say go watch the whole episode. Like a rogue walrus. <clears throat> like, yeah, like a rogue walrus. <clears throat> Same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good program. Um, so have you been looking at that book? I haven't got the book yet, but it's you've you've reminded me of Alan Watts. Not you personally, but 
the, our discussion. And there are lectures that you can get. I'm not like Alan Watts. I wander around in a little robe talking Mystical to myself. Mystical experiences, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. his son apparently has done a lot to sort of curate all of his audio talks. And there are... <laughs> Meaning you can buy a, <laughs> CDs of them for lots and lots of money. Right. But there are some things that you can listen to legally and, and download uh, legally and listen. And I, I've been listening to some of those. And then I remembered that I had um, uh, his the, the book, the Zen book, which is The Way of Zen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his that was his biggie. Yeah. And I read that. I forgot that I read that. But it turns out that I read, I read, that, read, in, I read that in high school. Yeah. Wow. I had the ball there. Yeah. Well, I had to have a break from D&D sometime. <laughs> um, That's I've heavy got... for a high schooler, though. No. Yeah, well, I had a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, Buddhism attracts people with lots of problems. And it also unattracts many people, am I right? Yeah. To say Zen it, yeah. is like chocolate. It is It is like chocolate. The mm. more I think about it, the more it is like chocolate. I've got, I'll give this to you. I got something that fell off the back of a truck. Um, out of your mind, the nature of consciousness, mm. parts one and two. I'll give you a copy of that. I would like that. Fell off a Zen truck. But he was, you know, he was an interesting, interesting guy. And it's funny because I had, I first got exposure to him when uh, we were reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance back in college for one of my writing classes. And uh, my teacher was borderline obsessed with Persig and Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And it, it's, it was almost like any any scene with Walter in it sort of eventually con- the conversation goes to become about Nam. It was almost like that. It's like everything that we might bring up or any topic or anything. It was a tech writing class. Anything that had to do. It was always be like Persig and Phaedrus right. and the motor. You know, I'm like, OK, like that's your thing. But it was. But, you know, of course, we read that book and that book really fundamentally changed the way that I perceived my relationship to uh, tasks that I perform in the world. And I remember, I'm probably misremembering it. I know you've read the book too. So you... no, I, no, I haven't. And I, Are you I feel kidding? Like... I thought you had. No, I've, uh, it's, it's interesting. We should talk about this. It's one of those books that uh, a lot of people I, I am friends with uh, consider like a, a real tentpole. Yeah. You know, well, book. I haven't read the one that, that you like. Oh, no, but I mean like... The infinite, books... uh, infinite Jest. Oh, God, I haven't finished that. Well, I haven't it's read it. It's holding a door start... open right now at my house. I started it. Um, but, uh, you got like the Siddhartha, uh, for me, Slaughterhouse Five, for some people, Catcher in the Rye. Right. Uh, there's these certain kinds of books that when you're like, a what, like a teenager, early twenties person, it really can have a yeah, outsized impact on how you see the world. And see, I wonder like if I, if I had not read and then today started to read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, if it would have had, if it would have the same kind of profound effect on my life today at 42 that it had on me 20 you know not 20 22 years ago maybe i'm gonna um, say certainly not right and for me in high school like catcher in the rye was like okay someone understands well what's going on here and in in, in many ways i didn't have that experience with uh, Zan and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. But there were things in that book, two things that really, really stand out uh, for me from that book that I can I can share with you without ruining the book in any way for you. Because I would I would love, love to talk about that book with you. Uh, and I think you would really enjoy it. But um, there, there is uh, there is one part in the book where uh, the the narrator, the author, if you will, the narrator of the book uh, is disassembling and reassembling his motorcycle in order to uh in in order to repair it 
And he goes through this process of how he sort of disassembles it and the way that he lays the things out on the floor of his garage or whatever the table that he's working on that um, – that it, it's his process of you take this screw out and you put it here and then you have this bolt and you put it here. And so that just the, the way that you're disassembling it and the, the way that you're laying out the pieces, uh, it, it's going to dictate without you having to take notes the order that you will put them back together in. And a simple thing like that, having grown up with a very scientific grandfather, but not really a lot of influence of my dad in, in my life and not really being shown like, all right, son, I'm going to show you how to change the oil. I never had that, you know, so everything that I learned, I'd kind of done myself in this sort of haphazard kind of a way. And hearing this in this book that there's this there's this wonderful process still to this day that's how i take things apart and put them back together and it's just little things like that 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 seem so simple and so straightforward and and emphasize that connection with the thing that you're doing right now the Mm -hmm. the the lack of distraction the the distilling things down to their essence and to something basic and to a simple focus and a fresh way of looking at something that whenever I read the book, I'm always reminded of that. And then the second part of it is there's a, um, he has a, the, the, uh, the narrator has a friend. I, I'm forgetting the, the friend's name and his friend, unlike him, he, his friend has a very expensive, I think it's a BMW motorcycle. And there is, um, they they had a problem on the road and their solution to the problem was to to re, to make a repair a, a roadside repair using a can of coke because you could cut the thing coke and it would it would slip up over the thing and it made a little you know it sealed the thing that was a problem and what the uh, the narrator was saying is the bike has been fixed now. Like, it does not need a repair. This piece is as good as the official piece you'd get from the from the BMW bike shop. It's the same thing. It's made out of aluminum. It has the, everything is the same. But, like, the guy's BMW bike, like, he, the idea of keeping that on there and having that on there was distasteful to him. Even though the job had been done, the task had been completed, and it was done perfectly, that was still not enough. He had to replace it with the official piece. And that kind of thing always makes me think about, you know, that that philosophy that we have of like building our own custom little things. I remember my my uncle, he's an electrical engineer. He used to build like subs and do electrical engineering for for subs. And I think I've told this story, but his um, he he his company that he worked for at the time, Perry, did the bad guy sub in the James Bond movie from the from the 80s the one with the um, wow. the subs so he um he, he had a peugeot he was french and the only car was a peugeot the only that was the only car and something had gone wrong with his car everything was always going wrong with it but something had gone wrong with the starter and um and then there was a little fuel pump issue that was there and it's like the 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 thing that was driving the fuel pump wouldn't pump the fuel to get it to the starter so he couldn't start the car, something like that. So he went and bought a little switch himself and got like a little battery that was just in the right uh, power to power the fuel pump. And he rigged this thing up. And so he had this weird little switch that looked like something you'd buy at Radio Shack. And he'd have to flip that switch before he could start and run the car. And I remember seeing it and I thought, I was like, why don't you just take it to the dealership? He's like, well, the closest Peugeot dealership is 90 minutes away. I'm an electrical engineer, you know, like you just solved the problem and the car worked, but it Mm -hmm. had this weird little switch on it. To me, it's like, no, the car is broken and you've rigged something to him. He had, he had fixed the problem. 
I don't know. That's that's, those those things have always just stuck with me as like we have this idea of things having to be fixed a certain way or working a certain way. But sometimes when it works, it, it works and that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've uh, heard nothing but great stuff about that book. I think... Um, hmm. I'll put it I, in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan, would you like to tell people where to find show notes? You can go to 5by5.tv slash B is in boys, two is in the number, W is in walrus. Slash two zero eight. Well, you're you're full of energy. I really admire that. I'm just trying to fill in. You're you're you're, you're picking up my end. You're sort of on the what I would say. You're you're sort of operating at regular human speed. Mm, pretty good. I did a little research about the. Um, you remember how we were talking last week about uh, stimulants and your ADD medicine making you feel uh, like that was that's you. Mm-hmm. on it compared to not on it and i think I, I read a little bit i was reading doing a little bit of research about that and that there I'm, I'm using the wrong terms but apparently one effect of that is to actually the things that are overstimulated in add or understimulated in it get stimulated so that ag actually is the real you yeah i could be. I, I, uh, I've gone back and forth so many times on, on my feelings about that stuff. I, my, my genesis, uh, I think I told you this maybe even back in that old, like maybe third episode of the show when we were talking about ADD, but um, the, um, I have for a long time pre- you know, preferred stimulants over, uh, what's the other one? Like, Depressants? You know, depressants or yeah. sedatives or whatever. Yeah, sedatives, yeah. I, that's not like my thing um but i've always liked things like coffee and I always like things like you know over-the-counter stimulants it's like hey this is fun i'm getting papers done um but uh, a friend of mine i forget exactly how this happened but at one point this friend of mine had said you know hey you know you pretty definitely have add this is my friend Leslie, uh, who who was constantly giving everyone advice and opinions, and then telling them how they're going to fix their life. And she's passed away, so I think I can tell this anecdote. She goes, uh, "You know, you you, yeah, well, you got ADD. You should get it taken care of." I'm like, "Oh, hey, Leslie, how's it going?" Um, yeah, okay, thanks. You know, but that's how she rolled. Like she was just always fixing everybody in a sweet way. And she's like, "Look, this is called Adderall. I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you. I think she gave me one. Oh, I want to say maybe three. I don't remember. She gave, but she gave me a few. She said, here." I have ADD. I, I take these. You take these. Try these. See if it does anything. And I sat sat there and I thought, oh my god, this is like uh, a junior high, you know, educational right, film, right? From health class. Like this is pretty soon. I'm going to be that kid on the floor, the shirtless kid on the floor with the bag over his head, sniffing airplane glue. Um, oh, what an image! Um, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. I don't know if you had that in your book. Like a, a, a gang, a gangly, like 13 year old boy, <laughs> a, a grainy black and white image of a gangly 13 year old boy shirtless on the ground suffocating on air from airplane glue like to me like congratulations congratulations pasco county you officially made me terrified of sniffing glue um but i just sat there and i didn't you know didn't do anything with it yeah i i, I forgive me i know i've told you this story but then one day i was like yeah what the hell and i took it and it was like boing uh i suddenly had uh an extreme amount of clarity and as was often the case, it's funny because people listening to these shows sometimes like to remark and say, oh, Merlin sounds like this there or that there. The thing was, though, a lot of times when I was taking Adderall, mm-hmm. uh, my, 
I might actually be more oddly, if not calm, definitely more focused. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like I could just, I could do anything for a very long time very mm. well. And uh, I sat down and I wrote these three posts, a three-part giant series of posts for 43 folders in like this one morning. Mm. It was like a really big deal. I wrote like 9,000 words. Oh in this my one God. Morning. Something ridiculous. But, it, and it was, it, but I mean, there's a lot about it that really was telling. Um, <clears throat> it was telling that, oh my God, I love stimulants, but it was also telling because I was not jumping up and down. It was not like, let's go ride bikes. And I've heard physicians and other smart people say that that's a good sign that you can benefit from ADD medicine is it doesn't make you, it, you know, it has the, if not a calming effect, it has a different effect than if, if you gave it to somebody who didn't have ADD, they would just run around in circles mm-hmm. and, um, sweat a lot. And, you know, when I was taking the right amount, you know, that's mostly how it worked. But um, that was real telling to me. And I didn't do anything about it for a long time. I didn't seek out. I told you, in the, if you, people want to go back, I think it's the third episode of Back to Work. We talked about ADD. But where I, where I went to the Russian lady and she thought I was just there like trying to score. Oh, you should, right, right, you right. Go, yes. Take more walks. Take walks and drink water. You, you will be fine. You do not need drugs. But... Um, but uh, that was really that was really telling to me that um, that I sure did like it, but it also did have an immediate, like, clear positive effect in a certain way. Uh, setting aside that these things always have negative effects too, but um, not because I'm ill. I'm forgetting why I was telling you this story. Um, in the art of motorcycle maintenance. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges. I'm going back in the stack. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> a little too far back. We were we were talking about uh, you being you when you're on your. Uh, oh right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that's a really interesting. Yeah. So it's, I guess it does kind of go to the point that you said you read about, which is that it does make you how you are. But I don't know. I think it's hopelessly complicated. You know, um, I love complicated things. Yeah. I had a cup of coffee over the weekend. Oh yeah. Just to try it. And uh, it was fine. I felt really good, really good after I. Had it. Yeah, I'll bet. really great. Like I, I lifted, I lifted a couple cars, and uh, ran a couple miles. It was, it was really. I felt really, really special and good. And uh, I haven't had any since then. Oh well, let me give you an update on the L-theanine treatment. Okay, uh, I, my L-theanine arrived last Saturday, and uh, I read a lot about it. And this is the stuff I told you about. That you, didn't I tell you about this? It's the stuff you take that's a green tea extract that... You were talking about it. Yeah, well, you know, you can go Google it. And it's... Um, How do I, I spell that? T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E, maybe? Theanine? Theanine. Something like that. Yeah, okay. Got it. Found and, it. And, uh, it, and the, the supposed effects of it are that, especially stacked with uh, caffeine, mm-hmm. it, it provides a... Like, basically, uh, it kind of calms you down without making you fall asleep. I mean, it it has a calming effect that helps some people sleep a lot. It's been looked at, I guess, by some people as a possible ADD treatment. And um, I got some. And I, I, unfortunately, I started taking it right about the time that I was really sick. And uh, to be sure to read the label because it will totally give you diarrhea if you take too much. Oh, wow. That's a good thing. It's there on the label and you really want to read that. Yeah. It's been that's, a hell of a week, Dan. That's really interesting. So so you, you take this... Tea. What do you do? You take it if, like, if you're just, just a regular I've got person. It in a capsule. I've got it in a capsule, and they're they're a little heavy. I mean, they're like 200 milligrams, and you probably want to be taking. I think this is totally not medical advice. Um, please, this is not medical or legal, or this is not advice. Okay. Um, 
but uh, I think you want to take probably more like a 50 or 100 milligrams. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get back to it because it seems kind of promising. But, um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dan. No, this is good. This is a good yeah. one. Yeah. Our relationship is strong enough. It could take an episode like this. Easy. Yeah, easy. Second, no, episode number three was the second arrow. You said episode number four? Oh, you're right. Four would be the ADD one? I think. I used to know them Chat all Chat room, heart. if you know which one, tell well, us. We'll go look at the internet website. I'm looking. Fall, f- failing with style. Hmm. That's four. Is two the ADD one? I didn't think we got into it that early. We barely talked about it. Well, because remember you said, you said two, you said, I remember you saying at the top of one of the episodes that people wanted to know about my ADD. I think that they was. did want. They do want to know about that. Yeah, second arrow. All right, Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin discuss ADD, Buddhism, mindfulness, concentration, yep. and insight. ADD. I'll put that ADD. in the show notes. Oh, look! They got a thirty seconds with phone guy in there, all buttoned up. I miss that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna get back into that. You are. Mm-hmm. Do some mm-hmm. new, uh, some new videos. I'm doing, I'm going to do stuff. That's the bummer part is I've been feeling pretty good and I'm ready to do some stuff finally. Now look at that. Go, God damn it, Dan Benjamin. Go Come look on. at that page. Which page? Why? What's wrong? Something's S1E3. Good. Go look at that. All right. Books in the books that were recommended. Look at that. Wisdom of Insecurity, Alan Watts. Right there. Way back then. And then uh, wherever you go, there you are. There you are. Boy, I hate that title. It's not, it's not my favorite. It's not a great title. That guy's pretty smart though. See, this is when we used to help people. Oh, Dan, you're 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 uh, you're Tom you're, Foolery. Tom Foolery. Seven inch. Can I tell you about something else I like? Yes. Let me tell you about Linda. 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 K. Spelled L Y N D A. dot com. Linda. dot com slash back to work. These guys make really amazing videos that teach you things. They're gonna have to run with that. You just leave it right there. That's good. Done. Drop the mic. Back away. You can get a free 10-day trial. And during that trial, you will have access to all of their stuff. Over 3,000 courses on topics from uh, web development, photography, visual design, Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, WordPress. Like, pretty much everything, if it involves a computer or a piece of equipment of some kind, Mm. they have a video about it. Uh, and they'll have more than one video about it. They'll have something for the beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels. Uh, they, you get in, get out really fast because they're going to know what you need to learn because the people who make this stuff, these are the pros. These are the people who are doing this stuff every day. These are the, if you will, the Merlin Mans of whatever this particular industry is. David Allen is on there with his uh, GTD stuff. You know, you want to learn. That's, that's who you want to learn from, right? That's who makes these videos. And you get access to every single one of them. And this is the fun thing about it is you get the 10 days, dive in and say, you know what? I've always wanted to learn this. Oh, you know what? I'm doing a podcast. I've always wanted to learn how to edit a podcast. Get in there and do it. I mean, but they've got programming stuff too. They've got seriously like Photoshop. If you don't know what like layers are and channel masks in Photoshop, you haven't lived. Go in there. And, and, and do that. You take advantage of the 10 days and be like, I'm going to learn Photoshop. I'm going to master Photoshop. It's on them. It's on us, right? It's free. So here's what you do. You go to Linda, and that's again, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash back to work spelled out. And that will unlock that 10-day free trial. It will support the show. It will heal Merlin. 
And uh, so go do that and uh, challenge yourself. Invest in yourself. That's what I say. So uh, that's Linda, a good one. Linda.com slash back to work. Go check it out. Oof. Mindfulness in plain English. Mm-hmm. I used to read a lot. Yeah, where does the time go? Oof. I know. Um, that is true. Adderall. Yeah. That's interesting. Everybody's got those different kinds of books that really grab them. Yeah, for me, it was it was definitely uh, the Catcher in the Rye, and then uh, and and then the Tommyknockers, and, and then, Stephen King. Yeah, and then I went right into uh, college and Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Wow, look at you, Tommyknockers. Never Tommy read knockers. the Infinite Jest, and I, I've uh, I did read Slaughterhouse Five so long ago though that I I only remember it had something to do with aliens. Yep, yep. That's all you got to know. I read that one. That's the book I've read the most of any book. Do you find that uh, you read a book m- multiple times anymore, or is that a bygone thing? <laughs> I don't even read a book one time anymore. <laughs> no. no, but the, no, I mean, that, that's the reason I was thinking of that <clears throat> is that, um, <clears throat> I mean, I did, I, I remember, I think I first read Slaughterhouse-Five when I was 16 or 17, and then I think I, I read it, I, I want to say six, but definitely at least three or four times before I got to college. Probably, probably like at least five times. And it's a quick read. I mean, it's not, you know. But uh, I just, that book just really uh, grabbed me. Um, and to, to your point or your question, um, yeah, I don't think it would have nearly the same impact. It's, it, that is a book uniquely suited for an 18-year-old boy from Florida who thinks he has above-average intelligence. Yep. That's, there's a certain class of books like that. <laughs> yes, there are. That's kind of what D&D is. Yes. You know? Um, but uh, so, I mean, rereading that today... Uh, it wouldn't have the same impact. It's, it's funny, like talking to uh, talking to Gruber the other day. You know, there was a time when he really wanted to read Catcher in the Rye, and his mom was saying, "No, nah, you wait a wait a little while." And he, I th- from what I can gather, like he mistook it as like, "Oh, there's going to be lots of boobs and nookie in this uh-huh. or something." But you know, really, it was more a way of saying what turned out to be true, which is you'll get more out of this if you wait just a little bit longer. You know what I mean? There's, you know, I should go back and reread that. All these phonies. People who don't know what they're talking about. Trying to tell mm-hmm. you what to do. Jerks. Just breast of fresh, a snaggle breast of. <laughs> Ooh. But do you watch any reality TV anymore? Is he... Yes. What do you watch? We watch uh, two families of programs. We, okay. uh, we uh, for, for years now, it's, it's unusual for us to watch any reality show that is not Top Chef or Project Runway. Because my, my wife and I have always really liked that those are, yeah, the reality shows, but the reality shows about at least nominally making something. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, we, right. we watch those a lot. And my daughter loves both of those. But I um like we even tried watching so, some of them, even the ones that are like satellite shows of that, like Tom Colicchio has a new show called Best New Restaurants. Oh, I saw it's, that. It's, but it's like Quidditch. It doesn't make any sense. It's. <laughs> The concept of the show, it seems very all or nothing. It doesn't exactly make any sense. You know, and then you got to gin up all this drama and stuff. But no, that's it for us. And uh, you guys watch a lot of like science shows, right? Because of Cash. Yeah, he's really into the science shows. He uh, he really likes anything that has to do with uh, with sort of paranormal, but not ghosts as much as, well, I, ca- I guess I shouldn't say paranormal. I, I guess it's more cryptozoology. Um, more in potential strange creatures that could or do exist. You know, anything Bigfoot, Loch Ness, uh, Chupacabra, Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, 
you know, I, I don't know about the Jersey Devil. That's Jersey, the Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil. There's another thing. Hmm. And he's into that. He's into the limits of the, of the, human, uh, the human body. The, uh, we were talking about on, on that special that uh, he and I did where he's, he's very interested in Stan Lee's uh, Superhumans, which is about real-life people who have some kind of superhuman ability of one kind. <laughs> really? Yeah. He has a show? Yeah, he has a show. Oh my god! And uh, and it's like real life people who seem to possess some strange ability, which is superhuman in some way. For example, there's a man who, and, you know, how do you discover? How are you in a situation where you discover that you can inflate and burst a hot water bottle? I don't know how you find that out, but this guy can do that. There's another guy that pulls cars with his eye socket. That's a really old timey. Uh, kind like of like carny kind of yeah, skill. These are all car. These will all just be carny people. There's a guy who has some kind of magnetism power, not Magneto, uh, mm-hmm. but things just stick to him magnetically. So it's weird stuff. He's so yeah. We we watch a lot of that. But after he's in bed and asleep, then uh, then I I only have one reality show, or even clo- you know I don't even know if you call it reality. Uh, Spice Channel? No, uh, The Bachelor. Oh, oh God! I'm sorry. I I think it's one of the best uh, reality it's become, TV shows it's become ever. Like it sounds like it has become like um, don't miss like gawking TV. It's yeah. gotten really really terrible, right? Well, I love I love the show. Uh, I don't know why it doesn't fit with any other aspect of my life, but uh, I think it's it's very. But the thing that I really am into with it now is. As, especially as we're sort of dabbling in the world of video, is how much video footage they must get from, you know, from recording these people in this house, you know, 12 hours a day, and they edit this together to make a cohesive show that makes sense, that's dialogue that's captured, like just the amount of work that goes into making one of these episodes must just be tremendous. And uh, and that's the main reason I watch is just out of respect for the the art form. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a, good, it's a, it's a you can get into the show pretty easily. I don't, I, I wonder. I, I, I tried looking at it once, and it, it really. Uh, this was a good season. This one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, wait till it comes out on streaming. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Colton's wife, uh, Christine Connor, does she is a producer uh, for TV shows. So she did David Reese's show. Oh. She does a true, true crime show. She does a whole bunch of stuff. And it was, man, on the, when I was on the cruise, first of all, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but she's one of those people, which is, it's so fun to talk. And like every conceivable question I've ever had about like, is that really the way that works? No, that's not really the way that works. Was that really shut? Yeah, that was really shut. <laughs> you know, like, because basically like everything you've ever suspected about most reality shows is true to the 10th power. Like they are incredibly overworked, over edited. I mean, in the case of something that, and she, I know I've forgotten, but she told me there's all kinds of names for the different sorts of reaction shots. Like when you watch Project Runway, as you know, I'm a giant Project Runway nerd. And many of my Project Runway jokes just fall, uh, you know, to the side because most people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, but you know, there's, there's a certain kind of thing where it, they're obviously trying to gin up some kind of drama in the workroom. Everybody's working on their garments and, and, you know, Tim will be talking to somebody and then they'll show this shot of one of the other contestants, like looking up from the workspace with their eyes kind of bright and kind of making an, you know, this expression, like they're hearing something crazy that, that might've been shot like a different week or not a different week, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, it's completely made up. 
it's completely all i mean all that drama is like basically done with by the writers and producers right and, and, and you, so, so like they have a conversation and they show two people having a conversation and then they cut to another person who's having this <laughs> dramatic reaction to the conversation but in fact they just were taping him <laughs> while he was watching a cartoon that he hadn't seen for five years and that, that uh-huh. they make yeah. his yeah well, and also, there's a fun thing at the end of every reality show. Uh, the, the the credits, the little teeny tiny credits that fly by so quick at the end of a reality show are a riot to read. If you've never stopped no to kidding. read them. Oh, my God, they're so freaking funny. I mean, first, obviously, you know, everything is sponsored, you know, and, and product placed. But there's this giant paragraph of text. I pretty much, I think, similar. I think I imagine it's an industry standard. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's a legal standard, but there's this big chunk of paragraph of, of text in uh, pretty much every reality show that comes down to, yeah, the producers decided what happened on this episode. Mm. Like you can just go see, it says the outcome, the outcome of this may have been affected by, you know, da, 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 da. So, you know, yeah, but you know, you can think about stuff like all the way down to like how I, I would not be surprised. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. I bet a lot of the editing happens at the end of all of the shooting when they have to realize in retrospect what story needs to be told. Right. So they're kind of going back, kind yeah, of saying the, the they can story. look any way you want. Yeah. I don't know how much goes goes into that. I I think it's a lot. I think it's a, a whole lot. And it's I think thing. it's it's been interesting to see how these shows have kind of matured and developed. I think the first reality show that I ever got into was Survivor, the very first season of Survivor. Did you watch that? Um, yeah, I think I watched some of it. Um, yeah, well, I, mean, I, I had friends that were deeply involved. Yeah. And that show is like as, as terrible as that show is. Like it is kind of in some ways like the height of the genre of being like a pure reality show. You know, a pure like, you know, building alliances and all that kind of stuff, you know. Has there ever been a reality show about making a reality show? There must have been. Mm, I don't think so. Because I'm thinking you could do a meta reality. I'm sure it must have been done probably on MTV or somewhere. But there must be a show about different contestants trying to create their own reality show. That'd be so great. That would be pretty interesting. So that you you get people on a show (laughs) and their job is to make a show about what would be interesting is do you want to get really meta is that each of the two teams is actually making a reality show, right? But the reality show is about the other team making a reality show. Well, that's pretty good. That would that would rely very heavily on the other people. Yeah. But there should be something where a bunch of people who think a little too highly of themselves decide they want to be producers. You throw them all into the same little uh, dingy room in Burbank <laughs> and just watch what happens. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That Project Runway is a good program. I have to look more into that. I've seen an episode of that, but it didn't didn't grab me. Though I think the way it grabbed you. Oh my goodness! You've seen an episode? No, I Isn't saw that a funny? whole season. I saw a whole season. Oh, that's a funny thing, though. It's such a funny thing, though, that like uh, there are people, and I, you know, I, I I sometimes exaggerate this for comic effect, but you know, there are so many things that are really popular that I've never seen, and you know, like I I, I there's so many celebrities, or I I just know their name phonetically, but I don't understand like why they're famous or whatever that's such a strange phenomenon today i mean i guess for younger people they, they probably know who everybody is but it is really weird to be in this in my case to be i have seen several episodes of project runway all the way through several times so in some ways i have a lot more in common there with like a 58 year old housewife yeah. from the midwest than say jason snell who's seen every buffy a million times and i've never seen a buffy which doesn't make any sense at all I got to do that. I got to just watch Buffy. I got to just do it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? 
Buffy the Vampire. Yeah, yeah, the vamp- I never vamp- watched it. Yeah, I got to do that. I got to get into that. It's a big hole in my background, you know? It's like not reading Spider-Man or something. Is it? Is it that critical of a show? Yes. Huh. Yeah, apparently. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, you got to make it through the first season. It gets better. And then I don't, the like, I don't like that. I don't want to have to make it through a season. It should be it should start out good and stay good. And Jason good. had a good idea, I think, in talking about Doctor Who. It's definitely true for Doctor Who. But I think it's... Um, I think it's true for lots of kinds of shows. It would be nice to have a programming guide or <clears throat> like, you know, you, you, if you're really familiar with the show, like really familiar with the show, you're really, especially like some people with Dr. Who, you can very much say, wow, like this one season with David Tennant is beyond a mixed bag. Mm. Like there are, there's one episode in this season that is the best episode of Dr. Who that's ever been put out. Mm. Blink. There's like this, these two episodes, these two two two-parters that are like amazing. And then there's like these five episodes that are, you know, semi-contiguous that you could pretty much skip or if you could get just this amount of understanding about what it means to continuity, you'd be good to go. You know, I, I look forward to a future where something like that is doable, where there are like playlists. I don't know. I'm really interested in the future of metadata because I'm a very interesting person. But like where you could get to a point where you go, okay, I know I want to really dig in with new who. And so, but I'm mostly interested in the David Tennant ones. Mm-hmm. Generate for me a playlist of what I need to get up to David Tennant. You know, so, oh, well, this Christopher Eccleston season has several very, very good episodes. But for continuity, all you need to watch is this half of that episode. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if you could, like, create something like that? I think I'm delirious. But but that would be not that hard to do in the future, given that it's all just media, digital media anyway. I, I, anything to me that, that has that kind of an intelligence. I was thinking about this this morning. Okay, because yesterday, when my kid went to bed, he, he said, oh, he wasn't feeling that good. Nothing happened. He's not sick. He's fine. He had a great day. But I was thinking that, that to me, I'm not so much interested in uh, a, you know, a robot controlling my thermostat. I'm, I'm actually opposed to that. <laughs> um, that's one of those things I really strongly want to just have direct uh, tyrannical control over myself. But wouldn't it be cool... If there was like a way to say to an, an intelligence in your home that you could just say, if my kid's sick, wake me up half an hour later. And if my kid's sick means that it would know, not by my wife telling me or typing something into a computer, but it would know to some, and this is where it gets too creepy and I don't like it. But by hearing the conversation or checking out what he was doing and she was oh, doing. Oh, yeah, the that, Samsung solution. Right, the Samsung solution. <laughs> exactly. Where it just knows that, oh, he's not feeling well. We don't need to wake, we don't need to wake Dan up at 6. He can go till 6.30 today. Oh, right, right, right. You know, just little kinds of things like that that would help out. Because if, if he is sick, I, I will definitely take that extra 30 minutes of sleep if I can get it. And, you know, but like if I'm up at six, I have to wake up at six. I have to set the alarm off. I'm not going to go back to sleep for 15 minutes again. Mm-hmm. You just mess yourself up. But, you know, like these are the kinds of things that I crave in my life is that kind of intelligence. So that, so that, and I'm not talking about one of those IFFT, rule things, but I'm saying like you could say there's something intelligent enough that you could say, hey, uh, he said he wasn't feeling good. So 
if in the morning he's not going to school, let, let me sleep an extra half hour. That, and that just happens, like that kind of intelligence is what I'm, I, I cannot wait for, and I hope we see it in my lifetime. There's this little, uh, for, for Valentine's Day, my mom bought my two kids each a gift. They, they got uh, my son, she got my son a little uh, Shima Lego set, and my little girl, she got this strange walking baby. Oh, God. And it, it not only walks, but it also talks. And it, it's strange it, walking baby. Well, there's an, it's not the product name. No. Uh, and it, 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 not, it calls my daughter, three and a half year old daughter, it calls her mommy, the, do, the doll does and you hold you hold when you hold its hand it walks and then it will tell you that it's ready to walk on its own and you let go of the hand it will walk on its own it knows if it's fallen down or laying on the ground it's a strange it's very strange and i think that's a classic doll dan it's probably pretty classic I feel like I feel like that's the it's like um, not Chatty Cathy, but it's uh, it's a certain kind of classic doll where you hold the hands and it walks. It uh, does that. And G- what's it called giant creepy baby? What is it? I don't. I'm gonna. I'll look it up. You go walking. ahead. So, so anyway, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, it talks. It talks to her, and there it is. I just searched for walking baby doll, and I think it is a baby. Yes, it's called. Yeah, perfect name. Baby want to walk. Oh, is the name of it. And it does the things that, that I just said. It's, it's cute. It's cute. And uh, my, my daughter loves this. She loves this doll like no other toy or thing she's ever had. She loves it. It talks to her and she speaks. It has like 40 different things that it can say and it will talk. It, but the weird thing is this. Now, my, my daughter, of course, is one of the smartest people in the world to ever born. Mm-hmm. But she kind of like it. It'll say these things like "Mommy," and there's a little pause. I mean, I'm I'm ready to walk now. Will you hold my hand? Okay, like that. But my daughter will interact with it and respond to it in those pauses. I think she's she knows it's not real, real, but I think she thinks she is having a conversation with the, the doll. And I think in her mind, it's speaking to her. She's talking and it's then reacting back. And she's generally with it while she's playing with it. Not just sort of, it's not just sitting there talking by itself. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So like she has a, in her mind, she's having an actual dialogue with. with she's, the, but she's, she's rubber ducking. Yes, definitely. But. I mean, you know, you can, you can talk to things and not be crazy. No, you know? no, she's not. She's not insane. Uh, but it's the way that they've timed it when you just hear, uh, you just hear them, they, them talking to each other. Um, it's, it's just really strange because it does sound like a conversation and it is perfectly timed. It's perfectly timed for them to talk and respond and, and do things. And it's like those kinds of things, uh, when you sort of scale that up, I don't need I don't need a lot of feedback from this robot intelligence. I just want to be able to tell it you know do do something that's fairly complicated and have it do that. Not make really tough decisions for me, but right. just just understand uh, some kind of conceptual understanding. I don't need a driving a self-driving car. Please don't Apple 
please don't make a self-driving car. Google, stop making. I don't want that. I don't need that. That's not a big problem to solve. You know what's a really big problem to solve? Let me sleep 30 more minutes if my kid's sick. Yeah. Solve that problem. Pick, hand pick a thousand people at Apple to solve that problem. Not make a car. I know that's probably not going to make them as much money as a car. But who wouldn't want that? In their house. Who wouldn't want that kind of intelligence? I don't know. Maybe people would be worried about a privacy thing, but still, that's that's the kind of problem that I have. I need a car to drive me around. Well, I think that that boat might have kind of left the harbor already. I think that's already kind of becoming a thing. My my, my beef, if I have any, with the self-driving thing um, is that it's... To, to, to at least to my kind of uh, amateur observation, it's not fixing the basic problem. Um, the the basic the it's <laughs> the problem of like how do we get around inexpensively or you know in a less expensive way or more easily or safely? That's interesting, but you're still trying to ameliorate the incredibly broken problem of just how. How cars have screwed up our society, how making our, our society so based around cars, mm. it's just, it's a hack to make a better version of that. Uh, there's, you know, we're, when is, uh, well, I'm more interested in somebody fundamentally rethinking like how we get around, you know what I mean? Like it's totally. just, the, the idea of like, I don't know, it's like making a tastier poison or something like, well, self-driving car, that's great. That's, that would have been really neat in 1972. But like when, who's going to fix the problem of how much of our planet is taken up by roads and parking garages and all of these things that allow like one rich person in a vehicle to go somewhere, you know, like to me, that's a much bigger problem to solve. Um, but, but, uh, you know, this, this makes me think about our discussion a few months back about Apple watch and I agree, there's not maybe as much money in this for any one party, but what, what I'm looking for in this kind of technology is not pattern matching. That's not the right word. But I, I would like, I would like, it's almost like a good waiter. Like I would like the technology in my life to get smart about noticing patterns. Yeah. In a way that you don't have to teach it. So if like, for example, I like the mailbox app on, uh, iOS and OS 10. One of the neat things it does is if you keep continually um, swiping to archive email from this certain person, it'll say, hey, you archive email from this person a lot. Should I just auto archive it? Then you have the option of saying yes or no. Mm-hmm. That's, that's such a relatively small thing, but that's what I'm really looking for in the technology today. And so I'm, I'm going to try and make this interesting. Think of, think of it in layers. Like on the one hand, first of all, yes, can we please have a phone that works? <laughs> you know, having the technology all work is really, really good. Um, but then there's all kinds of stuff that starts out really ham-fisted that could be better. Like sleep functionality on a TV. It's a neat idea, but most of us, it doesn't occur to us in a hotel room to turn on the sleep function, you know, until we're already falling asleep. Um, but back at our house... I'll bet you if you looked at just trivially simple, easy, obvious data to capture, look at, show me the time that, um, over time, show me a graph of the time that I last interacted with the TV mm-hmm. at a given night um, versus like uh, the next time that I used it again. Or when I've manually shut it off. And I, here's the pattern I'm guessing would happen. Is that an astonishing amount of the time, 
nothing else was done to the TV after about 10.30, which means what? Well, it either means that Netflix is just running all night and I'm watching it, probably not, or it means I went to bed. I'm not interacting with the TV anymore. At a certain point, realize that, you know what? If Merlin... If we're watching Merlin shows on the TV and nothing has happened for an hour and a half or two hours, <laughs> it's <asleep>. safe. <laughs> it's yeah, it's safe to turn off the TV. Or just you know, we'll gradually dim it down or turn the volume down or something. Hey, right? But, but I, I guess I'm just saying, like that's the kind of thing where that doesn't. That's not Disney magic. It's that's not incredibly difficult to figure out. I'm just thinking there are all kinds of graphs of activity in our life that are probably roughly 80% the same every day. sounds obvious, right? Like I tend to leave the house for work at a certain time, or I tend to get home at a certain time. My daughter tends to take bath at a certain time. We have dinner at a certain time. There's all these incredibly dull things. And then let's move out, move out to the car. Well, we tend to notice that we do things like my wife drives to work at the same time in the morning. She drives home at the same time every night. There's something in my gut that tells me they're just with that very basic data that we're not entering anything in there, yeah. right? Uh, number of steps we took, the amount of hours we slept, whatever it is. There's this incredibly rich body of, of data that's been captured that could be used to help make our lives a little bit better. And I'm kind of surprised that more is not done with that data. Yeah. Th- that's kind of what you're describing is like, show me interesting patterns that I never would have realized. So like baseball people love stuff like this, Oh yeah, they do. you know, Oh, you know, with, uh, with two outs in an at home game, when there's a left-handed pitcher, this kind of thing happens 90% of the time. Wow. That's kind of interesting. I'm not sure if it's that relevant, but that's really interesting to know. I want that for my life. I want baseball statistics for my life. Yes. And that's, exactly that to it. me was the promise of the health app in my head, in my head canon. Like that's what the health app should do is go like, Hey, you know, I've been watching you for a few months and I'm here to tell you that, um, there, when you walk more than 10,000 steps in a day, and you get to bed before 10 o'clock, you tend to sleep a lot better. Would you like me to start reminding you when you're either A, not walking enough, or you should be going to bed earlier? Yes, I would really like that. You know, this, there's just so many things where there's this, all this rich body of background data uh, about what we do that it seems like could be used in a non-nefarious way to make our lives a little bit better. And I, I'm, I'm just going to go with the obvious ones, uh, energy consumption. Mm-hmm. It, it should, you know, you shouldn't have to be something where you have to walk in a room and motion detectors. There should be ways to just know over time that over 80% of the time, when these three things happen, this thing will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe 95% of the time. And I'm probably not putting this well, but that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. Uh, it's easy enough for a computer to learn how to do that, to, to follow these patterns. That's just, that's more of what, what I would look for. If you know that, and, and it can tell you stuff that you didn't know about yourself, you know, um, that, you know, just know that, oh, it's a Friday and you tend to leave the office at this time. Oh, and by the way, you didn't know it's critical, uh, critical mass today, so there's going to be bikes out. You might want to take this route instead of that. And did you know you've got an anniversary coming up? Do you want to stop by because it's going to be right near this other place? Right. Go, that, to me, is something that's computationally ridiculously easy for even an iPhone to do. It's just somebody's got to be there to make the points go together. And it doesn't have to be anything about turning on and off your heat necessarily. Right. But like, tell me something interesting about myself that could make me better. That, that would, or could make me more, if you like, efficient or happier or healthier or whatever. 
I don't know. I think that's such an interesting direction. And I wonder when more places are going to do that in a non-creepy way. Uh, that's I what mean, you're describing, right? It's exactly what I'm describing. And I want something that that gets uh, it's very the problems that I have are are very personal, like you're out of warm socks right now, you know, things like that, that that require a lot more sort of knowledge behind the scenes of, of this kind of thing. But like, you know, I can I can tell if I remember to look in the hamper and we divide our hampers by color. So you could look into the see, that's that's a product. That's a life hack. Uh, you sort you pre sort the laundry. Into small, we got like a little thing that has the mm-hmm. different little hampers in it. See, the color goes in here, the whites go in here, the delicates in here, whatever. You know, but there's something that like if I forget to say, oh, you know what? It's going to be 30 degrees next week. This weekend, you should probably make sure you do the load that uh, that has the, uh, you know, the, the, the thicker socks in it. Like yeah. little things yeah. like that. Those are the kinds of things that, that are easier to automate but google now like you know like you were talking about it'll tell you based on current traffic it'll take you 17 minutes to get home um you have something at 6 30 so you should leave at 6 10 today instead of 6 20 whatever it is though that kind of intelligence is super easy super super easy because it has your calendar it knows the traffic it knows the weather put those things together and you know that that kind of intelligence is something that I think we're we're very very close years away from having. But I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't need a car that drives itself. It. But the interesting thing thing is that I mean, the that data is already there somewhere. There's like log files or you know whatever of so much of that data in different places. Certainly, I guess in different formats. But then there are there's are there are all kinds of APIs out there. You know, maybe it's just a question of. You know, a part of what makes it tricky is, you know, there's so many of these sorts of apps where you're supposed to go in and tell it what you want. Okay, I want to drink more water. I want to lose this weight. I want to make sure I go to the gym this many times, right? Where you, but you're supposed to go in and have all these stated goals that don't have any actual attachment to, you know, it's, they're, they're just wishes really more than intentions. Whereas, you know, if you can look at the raw data, I don't know, I feel like you could learn a lot. I don't know. Data. Don't want a self-driving car, huh? No. Do you? I don't like cars. I hate owning a car. I wish we didn't have to own a car. It feels, it feels, I've, I mean, you know, whatever. I'm a weirdo. Not but even it like, feels, a, like a Lambo? Uh, isn't, that a, isn't that a football field? Yeah, wouldn't you want one of those? Yeah, sure. It's like, an, uh, what is it, National Kutcher? Is that the one James Bond had? It's got the machine guns <laughs> in right. the... Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not into cars either. I, I like, the, you know, I remember um, uh, years and years and years ago, I, I got my first job that actually paid reasonably well, but it took me 45 minutes to get to and from the job from where the home was that we owned. And we we didn't want to move. Uh, and I was so fed up with this ancient, ancient beat up old car that I was test driving cars that were nice. They weren't just Hondas. They were like German cars. And I remember... I was talking to my uh, friend. He went on a couple test drives with me. He's like, yeah, I'll go with you. And he drove, you know, like the, um, it wasn't a Highlander, but it was essentially like the Toyota SUV type thing. And I remember after we did a couple test drives, I'm like, so what do you think? Which one do you like? He's like, I don't know. I can't, I can't even form an opinion. I'm like, why? He's like, these things are so far outside of the kinds of things that I'm familiar with. He's like, my 
car decisions are made purely based on function. He's like, does it have the number of doors, the storage capacity and the seating for the people that are in my family, including my kid and this, that and the other thing. And I'm like, well, you can still form an opinion based on what you've seen today. He's like, yeah, but it's so outside of my reference points that I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how to think about it. And I think that there's there's that aspect to things nowadays that it's it's not I don't think it's about like getting older or being older per se as much as it is simply there things seem to work and it's not like I'm resistant to change but I just don't see the necessity for it like clearly a washing machine is better than a washboard and down by a river you know uh it's it's it takes a lot less time it's probably yeah. more efficient and uh, you can wash a lot more clothes at once. So little things like that, I see. I see the advantage for it. Uh, but there, there are certain things in life that, for me, are are fun and interesting, and things that that I like to do directly with my own hands, such as setting the thermostat. I think that setting the thermostat uh, is a is a is a good use of my time. I don't want a robot doing that. I don't want someone else to decide what temperature things should be based on what it perceives to be a habit as to when I'm in and out of the house. Right. It's, it's going to be wrong more than it's going to be right in practice. And it bothers, it bothers me that so many people like that. It, uh, really? I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. Yeah. I, I see the appeal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, and, but I mean, I'm sure that that's, that's, that's an interesting like first early example of that kind of stuff in the home, but I, I think that'll get better. I, um, I don't know. I have this theory um, hmm, where it's like, um, like nobody really gets excited about going to the hardware store mostly to buy like a smoke detector or a snow shovel or uh, an EpiPen for your kid who has allergies. But it's all stuff that you have to have because when the time comes, you're really going to need it. And it's just kind of a grown up. It's like insurance. It's a yeah. grown up thing. You got to have. It's stupid, but you get it. Because it's not even like, does anybody feel that excited about insurance and EpiPens? Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it, you do in the sense that now you know that you're ready for when that eventuality comes along. But, you know, <laughs> this is so extreme. I apologize. But like, you look at handguns and like, I, I don't know. There are all these people out there with all these cockamamie ideas about how handguns are going to keep them safe and help them defend themselves, even though the the data vastly flies in the face of that, most of those guns will be used against you or you will use it against yourself. Most that's, that is the truth about most handguns in the house is that it will harm somebody in the house much more likely than it will an intruder. And that's just how it is. But the funny part is people act like, well, you know, I really need to have this handgun and they treat it like it's an EpiPen. Or they treat it like it's a smoke alarm, like it's this boring utility that they have because they have to, oh, isn't life difficult? And the truth is they freaking love having a gun. And I think my my gut is that most people who go and spend $300 on a handgun cannot wait for the chance to use it. Mm. Like nothing would make them happier than to have a righteous incident where they got (laughs) to use their handgun. Please, at least once in my life, let me have a reason to use this gun. I just don't, I just can't imagine that there's that many people who have guns in the house that 
are like sitting around, you know, like some kind of Bergman character going, oh, this gun troubles me. I hate to think of the day I'll have to use it. Instead, like they hear a raccoon outside and all of a sudden, you know, they're Chewbacca with the bandolier and ready to run out. <laughs> and because because I think I think if you buy a handgun, there's a part of you that wants to use a handgun. Mm-hmm. I think when you buy, this is not a slam. It's just my opinion. I think when you buy a car, especially when you buy a nice car, well, now you kind of got to find reasons to use it. Like if you buy, I mean, if you get a new car, the only way to amortize that existentially is to drive it sometimes and to drive it more, you're getting more value out of it and you're spending more on gas and oh, hey, let's just run over to Ikea for a few things. And like that to me, and this isn't even just a liberal thing. This is just a personal value thing. I think anytime you have to get in a car and drive somewhere to spend money, you've lost. Mm-hmm. There's something on a cultural level you've lost. And that maybe this is because I live in fancy San Francisco and I, to the extent possible, would have other people rather have other people do it. But like that to me, like once you commit to getting a new car or whatever, and if you enjoy it, that's great. Same as handguns, like, you know, Takuna Matata, enjoy it. But uh, I feel like I, I'm much more on the side of going like, well, I wonder how long I could, could, could get by without a handgun in a car. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, um, I'm not sure where I'm going with that. But I think, you know, the stuff that you buy and the stuff that you spend a lot of money on ends up saying a lot about the life that you would like to have or the life you'd like to be seen having. And, you know, when you get a car, you kind of got to drive it. And... If you get two cars, I mean, look at all these people out there with, with a kid who buy a minivan. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need a minivan. You don't really need a minivan for one kid. I mean, unless they're really, really fat. Like, you're, you're <laughs> like, like huge, and they need accessories or something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how much soccer equipment can one kid have? Well, no, now we're doing... Well, no, no, now you're coming up with reasons to justify having a minivan, which is really different from, like, how could I get by with what I have instead of constantly trying to, like, you know, bolt on all these other... Th- I'm sorry. Stop talking now. Anyway, I think there's too many guns. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it, Dan. I think there's too many guns. Do you have a gun? No. Not at all? No. Yeah. I mean, my hands are deadly weapons or whatever needs a gun, but whatever. Yeah, plus you got, you got those two guns up here, am I right? That's right. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> the world's tiniest tink. <laughs> <laughs> One hour and twenty eight minutes. All right, let's. let's don't let I sound go. better? I sound better, don't you I? Do you've improved? Did you get? I, the I, new... I, I, go ahead. Go. I was going to ask if you got the new Oral. Oral B has a new uh, toothbrush that has Bluetooth that pairs with your phone and has an app. Bluetooth toothbrush? Yeah. Did you get that? You get one? <laughs> no, everything's breaking, Dan. I'm, I can't. I can't make my widening scale work. Sometimes I have these days where I feel like everything's. I can just fix anything, and now I can't. Even, I changed the batteries in my widening scale, and I can't make it work anymore. I have a Bluetooth uh, Bluetooth toothbrush. Yeah, it, it'll uh, it'll so it knows when you're brushing, and it will send. It knows if you've been bad or it good. Knows, it knows. Oh, it knows. It will send you uh, weather news. Um, it oh, has come on. like no. National Geographic stuff no. to occupy you for the two, the full two minutes that you're supposed to be brushing. Oh my God, the drudgery of having two minutes to brush your teeth. So it'll, it, it, it'll like pump news and information to you while showing the timer counting down to make sure that you've, you've brushed on. Okay, longer. I am officially moving into a <laughs> Unabomber shack. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh my God, the bottom has fallen out, Dan. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. That's... Oh I just thought that God. would, you know, you can get that, put that right next to your, uh, your, your nest. 
I got a, uh, I've been taking my temperature with a SpongeBob <laughs> thermometer. Are you taking, are you temping a lot? I, I was temping when I had the fever. Oh, was I was, I was, my wife was really worried about me. She's I was nice, worried too. Thank you. She's such a nice person. And uh, so she was making me check my temperature and it kept going up and up. But it's really, uh, it's, it's very uh, cheap thermometer. You, you got, but you're sitting there delirious and you see a sponge. Right, at, right behind your nose. <laughs> you are a hundred and three degrees. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't say that. <laughs> hey, Merlin. Hey, Merlin. <laughs> your temperature is one hundred and three. But it's a, it, But the Meow. fever's gone now. Yeah, mostly. Sometimes I get out of the shower and I almost fall over a little oh, bit. But God, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be. I'll be fixed up in no time. I can tell I'm already, already on the mend. Well, I have someone going to send you to cheer you up. No. Mm-hmm. No. Are we going to hear from Gun Nuts? Is that a person? <laughs> you do not want to mess with Gun Nuts. <laughs> Have you met? Come meet my old, old pal Gun Nuts. I don't know what that means. Is that something I should know? A Gun Nut is one who is nuts for guns. Oh, Gun Nuts. Gun, gun Nuts. <laughs> I thought you meant... Like Nate like Gunray? Like a person, like MacGyver yeah, or something. Like Nate, Nate Gun Nuts from that uh, Star Wars movie. <laughs> right. The guy, wasn't he on... Um, like Mr. Green Jean's neighbor or something. Who are you thinking about? Captain Kangaroo? Yeah, something like that. He lives up up in there. Red Skelton. He, and he had gun nuts? Something. Red Skelton. I think you're thinking of that. You know, Johnny Carson used to write for Red Skelton. That's not Red Buttons, by the way. Oh, different guy. Totally different head. <laughs> <sighs> Pretty good. It was a good one. That's one for the... One for the... Ooh. All right. I love uh, you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Feel better. 